Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. Want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to another YouTube live Q&A with yours truly, where it's my goal to help you make sense of your life and help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. I kind of the honor to serve you guys through Q&As. I hope you guys are doing exceptionally well. Hope y'all's Monday is magnificent. I hope you guys have, met, have, have been mindful within your Mondays, making it as uh, uh, blessed and fulfilled as possible. But I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to come into the live feed. And for those who's watching later or listening later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube, I want to say thank you all so much for watching and listening. I hope these resources and tools are a benefit for you, a blessing to you. And all those who's like, man, this is my first time watching these videos. It seems kind of long. No worries. All the questions are time stamped in the, in the comment section below. So if you want to jump in between questions, you could do so there. Also, I'm starting one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you're interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching, make sure you hit me up. I'm looking forward to serving you all a little bit more with the nuance of y'all's questions a lot of people ask me questions on here but a lot of people need some coaching and so if that's if that sounds like you you can go to my website right now i am unplugged.com let me know what i can do well, let me know what you can do i'll let you know what i can do and we'll see what we can do together hope y'all doing well let's get right into the chat box and see who's here jennifer gilman you're the first one all the time you notification gang 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 estella uh, uh alamazan hey what's going on side a What's going on, Enoch? Hey, coach, what's up, my man? All's well. Got a little, little something, something cold, but I'm getting over it, fighting it, winning. You know what I'm saying? Jay Keaton, what's going on? Hey, hey, R31, what's going on? Shaw R, what's going on? Kirby7, praise the Lord, coach. How you doing? Hope you're doing well. Hope y'all doing well. Divine15, I guess she got the first question. Hey, coach, this business idea will not leave my mind. Do you think it's from God? Anything you can't shake was sent to you by God. And what I mean, the things that can't be shaken, those things that just won't leave you alone. And you know it's a good idea. You know it's a God idea. And usually you know it's a God idea when the idea is bigger than you. God will never give you a man-sized idea. He will always give you a God-sized idea because anything he gives you for you to do solely without him is not it's not, it's not going to work. Because everything that he wants you to do requires his presence, requires his um, 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 help. And, and yes, if you have a business idea that you can't leave your mind and you know it's God, because let me tell you something about God. God always gives, what he gives to us comes with a presence. See, demonic uh, things sent demonically comes with a presence. Things sent by the divine comes from a presence. The demonic presence is pressuring. The divine presence is peaceful. Anytime you feel pressure, 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 uh, anytime you feel like uh, uh, just don't feel right about it, it just feels annoying, it feels like pestering, it feels like trying to push me into something that you know you're not prepared for. We're not saying push you into something that 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 may stretch you. We're talking about pushing something that know that it will it will break you. But God, when he sends something, it comes with a peaceful presence. It, it makes you smile. If that business idea makes you smile, if that business idea makes you feel like, man, I feel like this is something I'm called to do, destined for, chances are it's from God. Anything that you can't shake and you know you kind of don't want to do it or it's intimidating, chances are it's from God. Great question. Liz says, hey, how do you keep you your marriage strong? Marriage strong, keeping God in the mix. How I keep my marriage strong is keeping God in the mix. See, marriage is a three-person It's a three -person relationship. It's a man, it's a woman, and it's God. Anytime a husband or a wife endeavors to do it without God, that thing will become dysfunctional. And one thing that I realized on my end is to make sure I take full responsibility, make sure that I listen, 
make sure that I'm intentionally uh, attentive to my wife's needs. I got to make sure I lead by example. I can't worry about uh, uh, what my wife is or isn't doing. I got to make sure I do my part because chances are a God-fearing man, when he does what he does right, a God-fearing woman, a God-fearing marriage will kind of flow. And when that man is following God, I'm telling you, it flourishes. But what I do to keep my marriage strong, I keep God in the midst of it. I keep God in the midst of it by making sure that my individual devotion is strong. I keep my marriage strong from my end to make sure that I cover my wife in prayer. I make sure I keep my marriage thriving and strong by keeping a, a, a scripture confessed, uh, keeping uh, uh, myself and accountable. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot of different things I can only give from a male standpoint, but the number one thing that keeps my marriage strong is, is making sure I keep God in the mix to make sure that I acknowledge him. The Bible says in Proverbs three, trust him with all your heart, lean not to your understandings, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And everything I do, I think 10 moves ahead and everything I do. I think about my wife. Uh, I keep my wife in mind. Man, let me tell you something. In order to keep your marriage going strong, you got to keep God in mind. You got to keep uh, your wife in mind. If you, any decision you make without without thinking about God, without thinking about your wife, man, you're going to do something selfish and it's going to leave your wife starving and you got a plate full of fish because all you care about is yourself. But that's just what I do to keep my marriage strong. And, and it's a day-to-day -day thing. I, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm new to this thing. But I, but I know if I utilize the old tools, old school ways, all my ways would be made straight. But that's what I do from my end to keep my marriage strong. And um, the joy of the Lord <clears throat> is our strength. And see, when both people are in the presence of God and are not uh, absent from it, but engage it. And they have, and we each have our own devotion. We have our devotions and we, and we keep that joy of the Lord in our lives. See what keep, what also keeps um, it, uh, my, what I feel on from my end, keeping it strong is that I trust God. I'm content. I really love God more than my wife. That's what's really keeping it strong. I love God more than my wife. And when you love God more than your spouse, you don't have to worry about the upkeep of your house. And that's just real. And so that's what those are some of the things off the top of the dome. And I, I could easily do a video uh, with more things as I think about it. But those are the things on top of the dome that I feel uh, uh, I see. And my wife can, can attest to that. So uh, one day when she get on the video, she'll let you know. She'll let you know how we're doing. Good question. Let's keep going. JK says, how to keep going when mentally exhausted? Anytime you feel mentally exhausted, my friend, you got to take mental breaks. Um, sometimes when money is your master, when a mission is your master, you, you will burn yourself to try to obtain what is it, whatever it is that you're pursuing. But when Christ is who you pursue, you can't help but rest because Christ is rested. You see what I'm saying? The Godhead is rested. There, there, the work is done. And when you know the work is he done, if you know, when you know the work is done eternally, then you don't have to put too much effort in the earth realm. What I mean by effort, we're talking about burnout effort. Now there's a, 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 a part that you play. That's a part that I play. But when I know that God will supply all my needs according to his riches, glory, glory that the steps of a good man are ordered by him. And that if I contend with godliness is with great gain, then all I got to do is go with the flow. Uh, my pastor's wife, spoke something very powerfully last night at church. She was talking about the difference between forcing something and going with the flow. I'm telling you, we get mentally exhausted when we try to force things prematurely because the, the immature version of us is trying to connect to the mature thing outside of us and we're not conditioned enough to hold it. 
But when you go with the flow of God and you chilling and you, that doesn't mean you procrastinate, don't do nothing, but you doing things within obedience and you going with the flow, you don't have to worry about um, um, being exhausted. So practically think practical things that I can help you with, with mental exhaustion, because I've been guilty of that. And I refuse to go back there because mental exhaustion led to me uh, lacking in creativity. It led to me um, just being unstable. It led to me um, um, having anxiety attacks. But this is what I did to help with my mental exhaustion. Anything, every, every main thought, pressuring thought I had, I wrote it down. I wrote that thought down and I processed that thought. Anytime I feel disappointed, anytime I feel eager, anytime I feel anxious, anytime I feel overly creative, anytime I feel uh, whatever, strong emotion, <clears throat> I slow my emotions down and process them to see, is there any uh, truth behind this from God? Is there any leadership leading from the, from this in this from God? And it helps me slow it down. But what helps you with mental exhaustion is to make sure that you're mindful of the things that God wants you to be mindful of, that you don't think uh, of uh, or put yourself first off, you got to, if you know that you put yourself in a place where you are being mentally exhausted, you got to go to God and repent for that and say, God, I forgive me uh, for, for living a life that put me in this position, renew my mind so that I can be able to get out of this funk, get out of this place and get into a place of steadiness and, and minimalistic to a degree um, where, where I'm cutting things out of my life that keeps my mind only focused on a handful of things versus everybody else and every other thing. And so repent if you know that you've been living a life that's put you in a place full of things that's making your mind feel full and exhausted. And then welcome the Holy Spirit's leadership and renewing your mind to help you see how you can minimize, minimize things out of your life or subtract things out of your life so that your mind can be at ease. Maybe observe that there's any idolatry in your heart. Maybe that you're, that money is your master, that I just got to do this. I just got to create this because of money. No, nah, because God will tell you, you know what? I got you. The Bible says he'll supply all of our needs according to his what? Riches and glory. There's two things that God <clears throat> um, will meet our needs based upon. If if what we're doing is giving him glory, the thing most people forget, we forget that um, he'll supply all of our needs. He got the riches, but are we willing to make sure he's glorified? See, God is not going to endorse or fund anything that's not going to uh, uh, make sure that he He maintains the glory of it. Why does God get glory? Because when people see you manifest things in your life, if you point them to you, if you point them to your craft, you setting them up for idolatry. But if you point them to God, you will point them to their everlasting source and supply. And then he's the only one sufficient enough to take that attention. He's the only one that's not egotistical, overly emotional. He's the one humble and wise and meek enough and strong enough to be able to manage the attention of all. You can't. So if you keep pointing people to yourself and pointing people to your craft, then those things are going to mess up other people and, and overburden you. So you got to examine <clears throat> what is it that's causing me to be mentally exhausted? What am I doing that's that's burning my wheels? Because trust me, where I'm at in life, I ain't rushing for nothing. I, God has met all my needs. Do I want to be successful? Do I want to make a lot of money? You best believe it. But but I'm not going to rush to the bag. Listen, I'm going to do my part and the bag will come find me. You see what I'm saying? That's just how I roll. But how to keep going when mentally exhausted, you got to slow down. If you don't take a Sabbath, you will be forced to take Sabbaths. 
You see what I'm saying? The Bible says Sabbath was made for the man, not man for the Sabbath. Now, do I think it's Saturday or whatever? I, I don't think so. I just think God wants us to pick a day out of the week that we can rest, that we rest from our labor. Because he's saying Sabbath was made for the man. He said, man, I know the man and woman wants to work and make it happen, but you got to rest. And if you don't take a Sabbath, if you don't prioritize your life to make sure you rest at least once or twice a week, you see what I'm saying? Then you're going to be forced in a hospital bed to take 14 Sabbaths. And we're not talking about Saturday, 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 Monday, Monday. We're talking about 14 days in a row. We got to take care of your vessel, man. Take care of your mind because your mind has no uh, emotions. You know what I'm saying? Your mind will keep going if you let it, but you got to slow it down. <clears throat> and that's all I got to say about that. Hope they help. Enoch Book Tomb says, hey, coach, what exactly does it mean to put God first? Would you mind explaining? I don't mind explaining it all. This wasn't. This is what it means to put God first, is to acknowledge him before you do anything. Acknowledging God reveals humility. Not acknowledging God reveals pride. I need to acknowledge God all the time. I'm not talking about I need to acknowledge God to go brush my teeth. I don't got to acknowledge God about that. God, should I go brush my teeth? Should I go use the bathroom? No, we're not talking about those things. We're talking about acknowledging God, just, just being available. See, see, acknowledging God is also always, it starts with availability. See, see, I acknowledge God, but my acknowledgement of God begins with my availability. See, when you're not available, you're not going to be well able. You see what I'm saying? And if you're not well able, you might not hear well done. You see what I'm saying? So what you have to process is, am I, am I, have I made my day where God knows that I'm easily accessible, that I am available? Because if you're not available to God, that means there was no, there's no awareness of who he is. Because when you are aware of God's uh, wisdom and, uh, and aware of God's greatness, when you become aware of your own self-depravedness and your own sinful nature and aware of, yes, you got Jesus' righteousness, and purity, but you also are aware that there's a lot more room to improve in the sanctification process, awareness leads to the willingness, the willing acknowledgement, God, I know nothing. And you can't get there on your own. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to humble you in a place where you're able to acknowledge him. Because if you don't acknowledge him, then you're telling God, hey, God, I got this. I don't need you um, 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 to, to guide me. I got this from here. And most people don't know that they're, they're treating God that way. Oh, it's cool. Everybody's cool when it's singleness. When they're single, everybody's cool when they're working for something. Everybody, All quarterbacks play well in contract year. You know, all basketball players play exceptionally well when a contract is looming. You see what I'm saying? But but most a lot of players, their play goes down once they get the money. And that's how it is with God. We bust our butts. We work hard because we think we're going to get this max deal. <clears throat> we're going to get this. Uh, uh, we're going to get Maxine. We're going to get Matthew. You see what I'm saying? We're going to get money. So we we play hard. But then when we get it. We be like, God, I got it from here. I don't even really got to play hard. I don't really got to stay focused. I ain't, I ain't really trying to win championships. I'm just trying to make money. And most people only with God because they want to make money. They don't really want to win championships on behalf of him. They don't want to be like Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs winning a championship for Andy Reid. Yes, they won a championship for themselves. Yes, they won, but it was greater. It became greater when they can win it for their coach. And when you live life to win only for you and not win for the crew, you know, the divine triune Godhead, then man, what's the point of winning? And so my advice to you is how aware are you of the greatness of God and 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 the non-greatness of you and of yourself? 
Because when you become aware of that, you will you will willingly acknowledge God because you know I'm smart, I'm cool, but I ain't the smartest. Like for me, I know I'm wise, but I ain't the wisest. I know I know people's patterns. Yeah, I can predict things based upon patterns, but God knows the even the depths of a person's heart. So, and I've learned this out of a bunch of stupid decisions. That's why I advise people to do it now. You avoid a bunch of consequences. And how you put them first by intentionally doing it. Simple like this, God. I'm going to make sure I engage in a relationship with you and not get so consumed with my routines. Routines has a way of keeping God out of the middle. God must be uh, uh, in the middle. You see what I'm saying? Of everything. And how you do that is by saying, God, what do you want me to do today? And make it a habit. Be sensitive. Don't always play music in your car. Uh, In random times, God, is there anything you need for me to do? You got to go to God like a waiter. Or a waitress, if you're a lady, and say, how may I serve you? What do you need? And when you begin to do those different things, you will begin to have a different type of relationship with God. And the dialogue will be even grander, uh, even better, because because now you're not going to God asking for something. You asking God, can you do something? And then when you do that, he'll be first. But when you know, when you begin to live a life of putting God's first and you see the success from that, you can't help you. You you can't wait to God. What you need me to do for me? I don't do a video. I don't do a message. I don't do a book without talking to God. God, how you want me to deliver this to the people? I'm acknowledging you first. God, okay. Sometimes when I when I get in my flesh and, and I don't really want to uh, 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 work or I don't really want to do something, and and I'm like God, I'm doing this for you. God, what you need me to do? Or God may be like, son, I want you to rest. God knows what's best. And so hope to help. So uh, how do you put God first? What does that mean? It means being willing to acknowledge him first. When you need counsel, you go to him first. When it comes to your day, you give him the first fruits. It takes discipline to eventually make this a permanent thing. Because in the beginning, your flesh doesn't want to talk to God because is God going to answer? God always answers. Does he Does He answer audibly? No, not all the time. But he'll, he'll, he'll begin to show himself in a way that you know is him. But it means making sure that you stay humble, keeping God great in your eyes, keeping yourself little in your eyes and realizing just not how wise, just how unwise you are compared to God's wisdom. And knowing that through Christ, you have liberation and access to all the wisdom that you need. But remember, wisdom comes with a cost. Wisdom may be given to you free, but it'll, it'll cost you. Because walking, most people don't want to. Most people don't want to put God first and don't want God's wisdom because they don't want to be washed. They don't want to be clean. They don't want to be obedient. Their flesh wants to do what they want to do. So the number one thing you must do, the the most dominant thing you must do, and to make sure that you put God first is to kill your flesh every day. If you take care of you by executing you, you will be of great use to God. Hope that. Lord Foster, what's going on? Call me Ken. What's up, family? Avoidance behavior is what I'm struggling with. Avoidance behavior. Make it plain for me, fam. What does that mean? I think I know what it means, but I, I'm not sure. Let me let me scroll up. Oh, oh, oh. See, that's that. Come on, y'all. That, y'all y'all got to get y'all a good wife. You, you, you just got to get you a good wife. You know what I'm saying? She put some ginger in here for me, some lemon, some turmeric, some tea. She even gave me her cup. That's beautiful. <clears throat> Let me see what you're talking about. Avoidance behavior. Okay. I think I know what you're talking about. 
Avoidance behavior is 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 the fruit of fear. If I think I know what you're talking about, okay? Let me look up the definition. Let me see if there's a definition of avoidance behavior so I can make sure I give you the best. Oh, see? Wow. Avoidance behaviors are any actions a person takes to escape from difficult thoughts and feelings. These behaviors can occur in many different ways and may include actions that a person does or does not want to do. Okay, gotcha. I figured. Uh, Listen, like I always say, whatever you do not address now will undress you later, period. It takes you, life is about responsibility. If you made your bed, if you made this consequence in order to reverse it, you gotta, you gotta man up. You see what I'm saying? And so avoidance behavior sometimes is manifested because we, some of us men, we grew up without accountability. We grew up without fathers. We grew up without guidance. So avoidance is, 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 well, we, we don't even know what it looks like to man up. Um, uh, if we're man enough to make the mess, we got to be man enough to clean the mess. Anything that you do, you got to think two or three moves ahead before you do it. Because I rather uh, uh, um, um, do things the right way than to force my for, force myself to be in a place to wish I never made that mess. Now, how do you um, overcome that avoidance behavior? Is to change the way you think. You change the way you think by number one. Let's talk about these three Bs. Number one, that you belong. You belong to God. You His Son. You got enough power in the spirit. The Bible says he didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's how you overcome avoidance behavior, knowing that God didn't give you that spirit of fear, but he gave you a spirit of power. It's power, love, power, love, and sound mind. He gave you power. His Holy Spirit is powerful. He's the one that will help you address it. And if you, and, it, and that's why I tell people with the kids in my school, if you tell me the truth now, you'll get in lesser trouble. If you lie to me, and I'll have to find out you in bigger trouble. So sometimes it's best to say, Holy Spirit, I'm wrong. And chances are God's going to give you the grace to get through it. You may not suffer many consequences because God, sometimes he gives you, I, I, I'm not I'm not saying this is theological, don't take this to the theological bank, but from my experience, God will cover you. God will cover you to a period. God will be like, all right, bro, you, you over there sinning, sinning. God's like, bro, come on, man. Come on, man, stop, bro. I'm covering you. I'm looking out for you, bro. And God gives us those moments because he's loving. He's gracious. He don't really want to embarrass you. He don't want your sins to be manifested. He don't want your dark to be put in light because he knows how damaging it can be. But God will cover you about three or four times. But if you keep sinning as grace abounds, man, you setting yourself up to be messed up. And so what I tell people is that you got to you got to just say, Holy Spirit, I'm wrong. Admit admit you because they already know the truth but so but when you speak the truth it, it reveals that truth has been planted in your heart sometimes when truth has hit you and you hear yourself yeah i'm wrong yeah i did that i must take responsibility then you will begin to manifest the right type of behaviors of and in, in addressing what needs to be addressed and a lot of men don't know how to handle confrontation or conflict because we haven't been taught Many of us, we avoid conflict because we just don't want to get into that, whatever. But no, nah, we got to address certain things because that's just what men do and women too. But I'm just, I'm, it's a brother. But you, you, you overcome it 
by acknowledging that you have an issue in the area, asking God you need help in the area, applying the wisdom that he gives and, and address it because of fear of being undressed. The fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. My level of reverence for God helps me live holy. Because I know he, he he's worth a holy life from me. That, that if I want, I, God doesn't want a dull knife. If I allow myself to be sharpened, he can use me to cut through more things. I don't want to be the type of knife that only God only uses me to butter his toast. I don't want to be a toast buttering knife. I want to be a knife out there in war. I want to be a knife out there cutting down stuff and, and building stuff. I don't want God to be like, hey, yo, hand me that pansy knife over there. Give me that pansy knife. I need that pansy. I need that soft knife. I just want to butter my toast. Nah, I don't want to be a butter toaster. I want to be a demon roaster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, bro, you just got to acknowledge and be like, yo, I'm tripping. What I'm doing is wrong. Because if, if you keep avoiding, I'm telling you, it'll undress you later. And God's grace is sufficient. God's grace will keep you. But if you keep on avoiding, keep on avoiding, one day you're going to stop avoiding. But I'd rather for you to stop avoiding before you before everything has been seen than to then to have to be exposed and then learn the lesson of avoiding something. Hope to help, fam. Vanessa Ozo says, Coach, how do you stay calm in a storm? Ooh, good question. How do you stay calm in a storm? Knowing that Jesus is in the boat with you. That's all you need to know. Practically, what does that look like? What I've learned in my life, man, hindsight being 2020, looking down the corridors of my life, I realized just how a present help God has been in a time of trouble. That the storms that I was crying deep tears for was what I thought was winds and tornadoes was just nothing but a light, light rain in comparison. Many of us, we, we don't want storms. We don't want pain. But many times we want God to deliver us, deliver us from storms. No, God trying to deliver the storms out of us. And what happens is sometimes he have to leave you in certain tough situations to cleanse you. And most of us, we want God to get us out of things. But no, if he, if he, if he snatches you out, what's in you won't be snatched out. But if you allow God to let you sit there and you survive it and you grow from it, then you'll begin to see that that storm was a necessary tool for God pruning you. Now, when it comes to a storm, you have to realize that it's hard to perceive the reason for the storm when you're in the midst of it. That's why you got to develop certain mechanisms or systems in your life that helps you to revert back into being mindful of what the word of God wants you to be mindful of in in said situations. Meaning, OK, what must I think on first? Some of the things you got to think about. Did I cause this storm? That's the first question. Did I cause this storm? Did I did I did I do wrong by somebody? Did I do wrong by money? Did I did I do what did I did I cause this storm? Did I did I go there and slap somebody? Did I go and not do this? Did I not pay my bill on time? And now I'm in a storm. Now now you gotta rewrite the habits, reverse engineer the habits, and reverse reverse engineer the thoughts that led to those habits, and re-engineer re-engineer the beliefs that you had before those thoughts was occurred, and and the boundaries to make sure those habits don't happen again. But if the storm wasn't caused by you, then that storm was sent for a reason, and that's how you perceive the reasons for the storm. Number one, what storm is inside of me? Number two, what what am I the staff? Just part this sea. Am I? Am I? Am I the one to calm this storm? Number three. 
Um, um, this storm is probably not that bad. It could just be life. You see what I'm saying? So there's a lot of different things you got to process about the storm to help you be at peace. But number one, you have to understand, and you can't understand this until you have a fellowship, a a, 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 a relationship with God that's thriving. See, 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 the, the disciples, man, Jesus will sleep. Jesus was like, yo, man, or or when Jesus sent them out two times, he was sleeping one time and he sent them away listen as long as as long as you got him in the boat and as long as you go in the direction of the way he spoke you don't got to worry about the storm if he is in the boat and you're going in the direction that he spoke you don't got to worry about the lightning bolts you don't got to worry about the wind you don't got to worry about the rain because if he if you're going in the direction that he spoke then you got to keep it moving he said go to the other side i promise i'll meet you there he also, if he's in the boat with you, what we worried about? See what I'm saying? E either he's going to wake up and be like, why didn't you speak to the storm? Or he's going to bid you to come off the boat and walk over the storm. Either way, that doesn't come without fellowship with him, knowing him. Because if you know him and your confidence in him and you realize that he's God over the elements, then you'll realize who you are in him, that you're a joint heir in Christ, that you have made the right, you've been made into being the righteous of God. That greater is he that's seeing you than he that's in the world. See what I'm saying? Then you will be able to look at the storm differently. But if you don't have that devotion, if you don't spend time with God, if you don't do, if you don't, if you don't do that stuff, when storms come, you're gonna be ah crying all over the place. Versus bet this storm making either gonna make me stronger, you see what I'm saying, or it's gonna make my endurance longer. Is that it? And so those are the things that I do and process when I'm in a storm. Hope they help. Jared says, hey, coach, how come some days I feel so in love with God? Some days I don't or same days, some days not. Some days I feel like I don't believe he's there. And some days I have faith that can move mountains. Um, you're growing. Simple as that. You have a, uh, it, it depends on where you are. <clears throat> some of us, we are in the um, um, baby phase of our relationship with God. Some of us are in our years going through hormonal changes with relationship with God. Some of us are not arrogant. Uh, late teens, early 20 stages with God. Some of us in our, we finally grow up 30s with God. Some of us in our starting our family, starting our ministry, 35, 40 stage of God. Every Each and every one of us in different stages based upon our level of maturity mentally and where we want to be in our mind with God. And so basically you're going through the growing pains, my friend. And I've been there. Um, there's going to be some days that, that you're going to be like, is God there? And some days you're going to be like, I feel him everywhere. But but as you get older, you'll realize that none of this has to do with feelings. It always all, Everything boils down to faith and facts. Realizing that he is who he said he is. And this is how he does things. And the more you grow, you'll begin to recognize the benefit of relationships. That's what happens when you grow. When you're a kid, you 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 depend on your family. When you're a teenager, you think you're smarter than your mom and dad. You see what I'm saying? Think you're smarter than your parents. 20s, you think you're whatever. And then by the time you're 30, you realize just how special your parents are. And as you grow, you'll be like, you know what? When you start having family and God putting you in position, you're going to be like, man, God, you really, this is what it means to be a father? This is what it means to be a Christian? Man, then then he becomes real. But right now you're going through the growing pains. You might be in the preteen, early adolescent stages of your walk with God and you're still learning him. But the more you understand him and learn him, because relationships are not based upon feelings, contrary to popular belief. Most people think relationships are all about feelings. Oh, I love him. Oh, I men love. You don't even know what love is. But when you understand that relationship is about about facts, about see, love is more factual than emotional. 
I love my wife not because of my feelings. I love my wife because this is the one God confirmed for me. You see what I'm saying? This is it's greater than just feelings. Because what if my what if I don't feel like being married? What if I don't? I'm not saying I've ever felt that, but what if I feel like I don't feel like being in this? I I gotta gotta I gotta go back to something that's factual. I gotta go back to something that makes my feelings like slap my feelings and be like, bro, you tripping, tripping, you tripping, tripping, tripping. Because very things, feelings, you will flood all, all over the place. And then if you don't get a good grip of who God is, you're going to flood out of the faith. Without saying you're going to be flood out of the faith, but you may be out the prodigal son flood so far out, you find yourself eating with pig pens and uh, confused, thinking I, I can make my life is better out here than with God. So God, give my inheritance. I'm going to go and take my creative abilities, make my money without you. I don't need you. So you're in a different stage, man. <clears throat> and, 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 Keep growing. Keep going that way. Keep going towards God. And by the time you get mature in the faith, things will make more sense. Some of us are babes in Christ. Some of us are mature in Christ. And, and just because someone can quote scriptures and 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 know the Bible from from front cover to back don't mean that they that they are maturing God because all it takes is one storm and they done with God. All it takes is one thing is done. You know your love for God is strong. You know you mature in the things of God when something something happens to you, a disappointment occur, and you don't leave. You don't think about leaving. God, all right, this ain't for me. You, you shake it off quicker. Now, if it's real deep and it really hurts you, you still go to him because you know he's too real to release yourself from him. Hope to help. You're so welcome, Pink October. That's what I'm here for. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Nick Antoine says, hey, coach, how you doing? Doing exceptionally well, man. Getting over this cold, man. Thank you for that reminder. Sip on this good old tea that my wife made. Tell him <clears throat> it pays to do it the right way. Tell him doing exceptionally well, family. How you doing? Hope you're doing well too, Nick. How do I hunger after God more? I know he, he isn't priority. How I know he isn't priority. How do I become on fire and not care what I lose in pursuit of God? First off, you've gained everything. There's not a thing that you can gain in this life that will have that will out gain that will out uh 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 sustain what God has given. See what I'm saying? So it's all about a perspective change. You got to change the way you see God, the way you see life. When you see early on, I came to grips with death. Death has been a motivator for me. I know that death is a transition. Uh, the scripture that 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 helped me was it's appointed for every man to die after the judgment. Those two things are great motivators. Death and meeting my maker. Thank God I don't have to wait to meet my maker. I've met my maker already. That's why I'm making on behalf of my maker. You see what I'm saying? Now, to ensure that I get that well done. See, I don't care about the trophies. I don't care about the accolades of man. I don't care about the money on this earth. All I care about is hearing my heavenly father with a crack in his voice because that's how much he is proud of me saying well done. When you are eternally minded, you earthly productive. You earthly value. When you are when you have an eternal vision, you are of earthly value. See what I'm saying? And then when you lose thing on this earth, you realize you can't touch my heaven bank account. You can take anything down here from me. This ain't my this ain't my forever home. When I go back heaven, when I get to heaven, you can't touch that. The Bible said, "Don't lay up for yourself treasures down here." And what he means like that, your ultimate treasure, because wherever your heart is. That's where your treasure is. And then when, because when you know that, you'll be like, you can take my, you can take everything you take my life, but this ain't my home. Most people who live for here wish or want more. Those who live for there, 
gain more down here. And what I mean by that, they work hard. And so how do you build a hunger for God? You build, you have to realize, uh, you have to, first off, you gotta, you gotta detox yourself and, and get back to the acquired taste. We've been drinking Kool-Aid for so long. We don't even want water. We've been eating processed food. We don't even want no organic stuff. We've been so conditioned by, by sermons with GMOs and then we do the organic, sincere word of God. And so what happens is we don't want that over there. We don't want to hear about repentance. We don't want to hear about wholeness. We don't want to hear about, about uh, 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 trials and tribulations and being of good cheer. We don't want to hear about contentment. We don't want to hear about patience. All we want to hear about is this is my best life. Give it, give it, give it to me. This is what I want. Make this happen. Get me married. Make a lot of money. Make me Instagram famous and I'm good. <clears throat> All we want to hear about is God's love, God's wealth, God's whatever, but we don't want to balance it with the real stuff. We talk so much about God's love, but we don't talk about God's wrath. We talk about God giving, but we don't talk about God uh, uh, um, processing and pruning. And I think when we have been divulging and, and eating the delicacies of the devil, then we don't really want what's really good for us. And now we addicted to this stuff over here. And that's why we don't hunger for God. So what you have to do is you got to go through a fast. If you really want to be, if you really want to be hungry and thirst after God, and after His righteousness, if you really want to grow in the things of God, you got to prune yourself off of everything else and say, you know what? I'm gonna cut the TV out, man. Listen, I don't know when was the last time I watched a full NBA game. I ain't even watch all the. You can ask my wife. I ain't even watch all the Super Bowl. We barely watched five, ten minutes of the Super Bowl. I don't care. Stuff that I used to hunger for, I don't hunger for it no more. Because, because I know I don't got, I, I don't, this is, this only got about 70, 80 years of life. I got to make sure I make it count. Listen, if, if, there, if there's a heaven bowl up there, an angel bowl, then I'll watch it. I'll watch it when I get to heaven. You know what I'm saying? If, if there's leagues up there, I'll watch it up there. But as I'm down here, don't get me wrong. Don't, I don't mind looking at it in bits, but I'm hungering more of him. God, I want to be the best version of myself so that you can get the best use of me. That's my focus. Once your focus change, then you'll eat the right food. You'll desire the right food for the things of God. And then your fire will grow. Hold on. They got to sneeze. Boy, don't you hate that? You think the sneeze going to come and it don't come? But that's what I got to say for you, bro. <clears throat> It all boils down to perspective. It all boils down to principle. It all boils down to what you're pursuing. And if you really want the things of God, you will detox your life, modify the accesses, modify your access points, and 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 make the adjustments, and 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 say, God, I want you, because on this side of 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 that walk of God where I'm at, man, I don't want nothing down here. I just want God. Don't get me wrong. I do want things. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm crazy. But what I'm saying is, I don't want nothing more than God. I don't want nothing more than to please Him. I, I, that's it. I want to make God proud. I want. That's my main focus in life. Main number one focus. Not my main focus, but my number one focus is to please God. Because if I please Him, I will be a pleasure to my wife. I'll be a pleasure to my children. I'll be a pleasure and a resource to everybody else. And you got to understand, pursuing God, you're going to lose a lot. But you got to understand, I think many of us don't know the true value of God. God is valuable. God is enough. All you need is him because in him is everything. 
See, you think you need money. No, you need God. God, you know, you think you need that person to promote you. No, God knows how to turn that person's heart towards you. That's why I don't chase nobody. I don't brown those nobody. I don't put myself in front of people's faces. You know what I'm saying? I've been in rooms with a lot of great people. I don't, I don't, I don't go walk over there to them. Mm -mm. You come to me. I don't come to you. I need you for I got God here. <laughs> I know God. I don't need to know you. You need to know me, really. If we talking real talk, you need to know me. You see what I'm saying? And that's how I walk with life because God is enough. And when you do that, you're okay with him. I hope that helped, man. Andrea Love, what's going on? Sassy Saint, could you coach me on how to publish a book? You best believe it. Love you too, Sassy Saint. Thank you for watching from Houston. Contact me on my website. Let me know what you can do and I can help you. You know, time is valuable. I got to make sure I manage my time. Um, but um, if you want if you want to get on the phone with me, go to lifework.teachable.com and uh, let me know your budget. And trust me, I'll be there to help you because I love I love authors. Um, so I would love to coach you on your book. Just hit me up. Let me know your budget per session and we'll make time for you because um, it, it's a lot to talk about. And I need to know you. I need to, I need to hear your story. I need to hear what you what you're trying to write. And kind of help you with the with the with the putting it together, and that takes time. So so hit me up, uh, not lifeforward.teachable.com. Go to iamunplugged.com. Go to custom coaching. Go to the custom coaching tab, and uh, email me, and I'll help you. I'd love to help you. Hey Joshua, how can I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Um, you can hear him best when you don't grieve him. It's hard to hear when you're going in the opposite direction. It's hard to hear the Holy Spirit when you're going in the opposite direction of his advice. And so if you really want to hear him, you got to steal your life. You got to ask yourself, what is the unnecessary? See, life is about sounds, not noise. Voices, not, 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 not uh, noise. We got a bunch of noise around us. And noise, you can't really pinpoint sounds. You see what I'm saying? So the devil loves noises because you, you, you the brain, even they, they even talk about that the best types of music is the music with the less amount of sounds because your brain can't process so much noise. So if you always go to social media, you saw you go to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you go through all these, it's too much noise. You got everybody's opinion. You got politics. You got uh, 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 gossip. You got sports. It's too much noise. And it's hard to hear the, the, the pure sound of God when you open your world, you open into your world all these different noises constantly and never set yourself up to hear from God. So what you do is you got to discipline your life. And, and, and ensuring that you don't just open up your spirit, man, your soul, your life to all the noises, but be but live a life of stillness, live a life of 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 solitude so that as you go through life, you you add sounds to your life, not opening the box full of noise, because if you get comfortable with noise, you'll never hear his voice. But if you get comfortable with stillness, you will be able to hear his voice clearly. And so you ask yourself, what are the unnecessary sounds or noises or clutter or clusters of sounds in my life that's keeping me from being still enough to hear them? Now, being still is hard to do. It takes work. Stillness, stillness is, is the fruit of desiring God, that God, I, I will be still. I will be in your presence until I hear you. I ain't going to let you go until you bless me. I ain't going to leave until you let me know what I need to know. God, I'm going to be quiet however long because I I want I want to prove to you that I welcome your, your voice into my life. 
And that's how you set yourself up to hear the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always talking. He's always speaking. It's just that we're too caught up in the noise to hear him. But when you steal your life, you, it's almost like the radio. The Holy Spirit has one station. Most of us, we're on different stations. Holy Spirit is still talking on that same station. You can be on one station and, and, a, and a radio host is speaking on this station. He ain't stopping until you come to this station. She ain't stopping until you come to her station. She's still talking. Holy Spirit is speaking in many ways. Speaking. All you got to do is tune into the station. You be like, oh, you, been, uh, you, get, you get caught up in the middle of the podcast. Holy Spirit talking about, yeah, on today we're going to be you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know you was talking. You just got to steal your life, turn into a station, tune in. And hear what the Lord has to say. Why would God speak in the midst of noise? That's be, that's beneath God. Why God is not in the business of competition. So why do you think God's quality time? Because he he's too he's too God he's too God in of himself to compete with with that with the guy that he wasn't even supposed to be your husband. Now wife things, but God ain't gonna compete with that. God gonna be like, I'm just okay. I'll speak to whoever's listening. But I'm not about to fight for your attention. Nah, man. You should be, you should be, you should be just, just glad that my son opened the door for you to be in my presence. Hope that help. I've been going 44 minutes, y'all. I got time for one more. He's such a great husband. See, my wife, listen, 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 fellas. I'm telling you, if you can't, if you, if you can't, if you don't take care of your wife, man. I'm telling you, people, people look, people, I tell guys all the time, if people want to know how good you are and incredible and how credible you are, they look at the smile on your wife's face. If your wife ain't smiling around you, what you doing ain't, you ain't doing nothing. Angel Love says, coach, I battle with getting defensive a lot when someone says something that I don't agree with and they usually sit with me for a while. How can I let go of people's opinions about me? Great question. <clears throat> When we get so caught up on what other people thinks about us versus what God thinks about us, then we lose, we lose a lot. At this point in my life, I can care less about what other people say because other people didn't make me. Other people didn't create me. Whoever, life is like this, one of two ways. With God, God breaks you, then makes you. People want to make you, then break you. You see what I'm saying? So, what I mean by that is this. When you allow God to break you and prune you and position you, and then when he makes you, people's opinions won't even matter to you because he's the one that made you. But if you let people make you and make people and you allow people to determine your value, then their opinions break you. But if you already have been broken and have been made, then nothing they say can break you because they didn't make you. You see what I'm saying? And most people allow everyone else to make them, to make them feel good, to make them feel valuable. That if I don't hear from you or if you don't agree with me, then, then I'm so sucking into your thought of me that I lose what God has already thought about me. And then now I'm thinking, listen, man, you know how much time we waste worrying about other people think about us? As if those people made us. I don't got time. As a, as a good hand group, I, I don't know how many people, because I don't got time to count. I don't got time to even think about how many people don't like me. And I can care less. They can kick rocks. I'll give them the rocks to kick. You see what I'm saying? Because that's how content I am in God. 
Don't get me wrong. You're human. I'm human. So when someone says something, it takes me about three to four minutes to get over it because I'm human. Because all I got to think about is them. When I think about them, like, hold up. I'm caring about what this person got to say. I'm worried about what this person got to say. I hate to think, and I'm over it. Because I've already been broken. You can't break me. You can't break what has been made by God. But when you come in the building broken, and then you allow the other people to make you, Oh, you're so great. Oh, you so whatever. And then when they opinions of you is sour and they're not no longer helping you, now you now now you woe is me. So how do you overcome being defensive? Is be caught be consumed with being an offensive player. You, you Patrick Mahomes will never play defense. I know you, I know you're a lady. I don't know if you know football, basketball, but there's some players that only play offense. I don't got play, I don't got time to play defense, man. I'm, 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 if I'm defensive, I can't be on offense. I got to be on offense, man. I got to keep going forward. I can't be defensive. Oh, man, I'm trying to trying to keep people from scoring. I got to go score. And when you worry about people thinking about you, it keeps you from scoring. And then you start making turnovers. You giving them the ball. They the one playing defense. They trying to get you on the defense. Their, their job, a defensive player, the job is to get you back on defense. And so when you got people who are always defensive, their goal is to get you to turn the ball over, get you to fumble, get you to throw an interception, and then get you defensive, and now you can't score. Mm-mm-mm. We got we don't got time. Scoring over all your defense. You see what I'm saying? And that's what you got to process. And, and you got to ask yourself, why do their words matter so much to me? And when you do that, you'll realize what you idolize. You'll realize your low self-esteem. You'll realize your insecurities. And then that's when the Holy Spirit will begin to work on you. All I can do is get you to go all the way back to the conception and look at it. The Holy Spirit will deal with the rest. But you got to look at your heart and ask yourself, who are these people? Write them down. Who are the people? What are they saying? No, write them. What has been said? Who said it? Next column, why does this mean so much to me? The answer to that question will let you know everything you need to know. Is it your dad? Is it your mom? Is it because, you, you know, you feel validated by their words? Mm-mm. Write the thoughts that dominate your mind or the opinions that have that you've heard. Write the person that gave the opinions and write down why those opinions matter. And then the Holy Spirit will help you from there. That's when real healing happens, when you are brutally honest with yourself. That's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I've been going for 50 minutes. Uh, all you need to know that I do is on my website, imunplugged.com. For all my books, World War Me, uh, World War Me, the Spiritual Warfare book, Purpose of Freedom, Soul Ties and Stronghold book. Uh, as he says, as is for the students I serve, my cartoon characters. Uh, and my dating prep books over there, and I think my uh, purpose singing. Ah, there go my purpose singing this book. My books are over there. Purpose singing dating prep, two card games, co- uh, courses, uh, dating. Uh, um, the purpose singing this course, lifework.teachable.com. Go there and register, get all the worksheets. Love y'all. Gotta go get some rest, get ready for tomorrow. I love y'all. Um, mentoring programs coming up, help us with that. Everything else on our website, giving, get involved, gifts as far as books, all that kind of stuff. Love you. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Peace.